the punters at the MCG are making time to duck downstairs. There's not a lot of gripping their seats, that's for sure. Nah, this is outrageous. Tigers, you're going to run away with it. Yeah, yeah. Away from Tigerland, a fighting fury, we're from Tigerland. In any weather you will see us with a grin, risking head and skin. If we're behind, then never mind, we'll fight and fight and win. Hello friends, welcome back to the post-grand final episode of Do You Footy. We have an awful lot to chat about today. We're going to do probably more footy chat and less chat because the Tigers won the grand final. I'm over the moon. I'm still not quite sure what to do with myself about it. Uh, Rads, you jumped on board. Bernsey, you attended the game. (laughs) We had a ripping day. It was a big win. Uh, How are you guys feeling? Oh, I think... um... Better than we should, really. We gave it a big crack, but it's been a big week. So um, yesterday was just the icing on what is, what I think, the greatest week of the year. Yes, I think even if you are not a biased Richmond supporter, I think you can get a grand final is one of the best times to be in Melbourne and it was a ripping, ripping day and lead up to the, the game yesterday. Absolutely. How are you doing, Burns? Yeah, good. Absolutely. Uh, Echo takes his comments. It's a great week in Melbourne uh, and I can't wait to talk about it. So let's get into it. Well, I guess it really kicked off on Wednesday, didn't it, guys, when uh, I went to collect those tickets that Tates was sweating on having uh, in my physical possession as soon as possible when an extra ticket got slipped into the envelope and I realised that the full potty would be making an appearance at the MCG altogether on Grand Final Day. That was a um, that was a great moment for the potty thread. I was, I was feverishly texting that one through, but um, emotions were high. Oh god! And um, you know the passengers on Bernsey's morning train certainly <laughs> certainly got a full earful of the excitement. Uh, and then you they led into the grand final day lunch tapes. Yes, I did. I had a, a a corporate ticket, courtesy of my work, and went to the grand final eve lunch, which, which is a big thing at Crown Palladium. So that was a good day, nice way to build up to the grand final. Also, a really good panel that was at the lunch. Three players that started their careers together and also retired at the same time. Jared Roughhead from the Hawks, Jordan Lewis from the Hawks and most recently Melbourne, and then Brett Delidio from the Tigers and GWS. I think there's a great story. Well... A sort of fairly heartbreaking story with Brett Delidio there, but they they spoke a lot about their careers and everything they've learnt throughout their sort of footy lives, especially Jared and Jordan, great mates, and Jared, everything he's been through with cancer and things. It was yeah, quite an, an emotive panel, actually. Yeah, good panel. Um, but really funny as well. I love all the stories behind sport yeah. as well. It's like you can you can get wrapped up in the game and winning grand finals and all that kind of thing. But I think the stories that come out of it and it brings people together and all that is, is sort of what I love most about it. So it was really good. I also did some I was about roving. To say, you, we had a bit of our own uh, roving Brian, which like friends of the potty should know, BT, Brian Taylor, tries to sneak into the uh, access all areas. Uh, Tate, it sounds like you put away a few wines and got a bit of BT about yourself. Yeah, I was trying to be on my best behaviour knowing that uh, Saturday would be a big day. So it wasn't too bad. 
But I was there with Tommy, friend of a potty, who told me to bottoms up and uh, to get out the um, the old mic and just do a little voice, a few voice memos. I asked Mick Malloy if he wanted to come on the podcast. He said, unfortunately, not today because he sort of wasn't uh, wasn't you in like the best shape. Doorstop him outside the toilets. I did. I did. <laughs> I also asked Nat Fife. He didn't want to come on the podcast. He he was happy to for me to share that the man bun is coming back. Oh. Um, Couldn't and be happier. Yes, that. yeah. So by popular demand, Nat has uh, reported that the man bun's coming back. You heard, it, you heard it first, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, also had a bit of a, uh, a chat with the boys from Brisbane, Cam Rayner and Eric Hipwood. Legends. Um, they gave their predictions of the best cut. All right, guys, we've got the Brisbane boys here. Who's the best haircut for tomorrow? Uh, well, I'll start off first. I think it's pretty hard to go past Dusty. Uh, yep. He's got a bit of an aggressive cut. It's pretty cool. But um, I think the best on ground tomorrow, though, will be... If GWS, GWS win, I think it'll be Jeremy Cameron. And yep. if Richmond win, I think it'll be Dion Prestia. Who do you think will win? Hopefully GWS. Hopefully, okay. Um, I'm a huge fan of Brody Grundy's haircut. He's yep. got a man bun and a little bit of shaves. Yep. Um, but best on, I hope Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, right. Good story. G- yeah. Back from the appendix. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, he's a, he's a great fella and he's, he's a, he works really, really hard. And I hope he, he gets the medal. Or Toby Green. One or the other. You certainly delivered the goods. One of the best things about Melbourne is that that grand final eve day is now a public holiday. So thank you, Labor government. We all uh, were very appreciative of that when that came in. But it's also turned into a really great celebration. The whole city seems to get around the grand final. The grand final parade is on that day. Uh, None of us attended, but it usually draws a massive crowd. And it's great that people don't have to wag work or school to get there anymore you can uh sidle on up and and spend as long as you want so we rolled into grand final day also at uh crown tates you spent a a lot of time there this weekend so we were kindly invited to the brisbane lions grand final day brunch which was very exciting in the river room overlooking Beautiful city of Melbourne. Mm. What a time. What a time. You're really setting the scene. I know. It's making me emotional <laughs> thinking back to it. It's just the best day. It was very good. Uh, we had a minor hiccup on, on the way in. Uh, we, Tate's left her clutch in an Uber and, and we had some issues trying to get in contact with said Uber driver. But can report it was all... Uh, All's well that ends well, and, and we got the clutch back with yes. nothing missing, so that was exciting. Early signs of my flustered nature was there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we did roll into a, uh, a sparkling at 10am, so it was a good way to start the day. What a way. Despite the minor hiccup with the clutch. Yeah, so it was a great way to start the day, uh, not only a sparkling at 10am, but also we had another great panel. Absolutely, led by um, some of the previous players and greats of Brisbane Lion, but I think most interestingly for us and... Uh, listeners of the potties, a bit of future focus from um, Chris Fagan, coach of Brisbane Lions, um, a bit reflective on the season, but also talk quite a bit about what's to come for the Lions and after their really promising season. So got a few insights out of him on their future yeah. draft and what they're kind of looking for, all of which are um, free agent players. So they should also pick up a couple of picks as well. Um, sounds like they're doing some pretty strategic recruiting for season 2020. Yes, well, given that he was named the coach of the year this year, you'd expect um, 
yeah, be no- nothing but strategic moves mm. from old mate. Mm. They did happen to drop in that his defensive coach dro- dropped in that they obviously <laughs> all the coaches vote amongst themselves. And yes, they no- noted that is. Instead of doing the three, two, one of a varying array of coaches, they just did three votes Chris Fagan, two votes Chris Fagan, one well, vote Chris Fagan. Well, I think they didn't realise that you could do that. And they, yeah. they voted for reels and then found out later that you could actually <laughs> just pump up your own days. I think that was definitely, though, a, um, a very uh, deserving win for Chris Fagan. I think he's doing amazing things for and, the Brisbane Lions Footy Club. Yeah, absolutely. What a humble guy, though. He was very quick to kind of make note that how many coaches have been punted during the year so the field got a lot smaller but um no what a what a good what a good kickoff to a great day yeah yes. it's fantastic what i really liked hearing was how well and how cohesive the the program seems to be up in brisbane yeah so he's he's echoed what we've talked about previously on the potty just the fact that the players all want to be there they're not just looking for a a quick trip back to melbourne uh they've set up life there if they've transitioned to brisbane Mm. and i think that's reflective in the way they're playing it seems very teamly and uh something that a lot of the other clubs might look to emulate yeah, and guys, if it wasn't already like a real treat that morning, we capped off uh, the brunch with Tommy Little. Just some light entertainment from Tommy Little. Didn't mind it at all. Yeah, easy on the eye. Easy on the eye, Tommy. And he's funny as well. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, concur. <laughs> the surrounding guests yeah. from the body. Yeah, it was, I don't know whether it necessarily, some of the jokes landed in the room that well at 11am. Mm. Um, there were some small fries in there as well, <laughs> eating plates of bacon, but it was definitely, you know, a good way to launch into the grand final. Yeah, plenty of laughs from table 18, which is where we were at. <laughs> Burns, we've just come out of the brunch. How are you feeling? Ah, it's great. I am full. I had a steak for breakfast. A Wagyu steak, in fact. The friends next to us had a plate of bacon, so everyone's happy. Okay, so well fed. We hit the track to the MCG. It sort of felt like a pilgrimage, guys. We had uh, lots of supporters around. Everyone donned in their Tigs gear. Not too many GWS people floating around. Rads had her bandwagon scarf on. Tate's had her member scarf on and I, I had a badge so I was showing some support just limited support for the tags but it, it was a good pilgrimage yeah it was actually a nice way to do it I think like mm. we kind of also you know walked off of a couple of those um you know sneaky free pour champagnes and um you know you weren't stuck in an uber like can you imagine being in traffic oh. uh, the nerves I reckon would have been just yuck yeah and it's also just a great Melbourne was really it's beautiful a great way day. to do it. It was really buzzing and, yeah, beautiful day. The sun just came out, I think, as we started walking. And everyone's up and about. There's people, you know, restaurants and cafes have decorations out yeah. the front. And everyone sort of, as you say, Bernsey, on their pilgrimage to the MCG. And it's just that the, all that kind of stuff is what I really what love about it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Tates, how are the feels as you approach the MCG? Oh, just really, really excited, I think. I expected to be not necessarily a bit more nervous I was just a bit more flustered with the whole situation of the day and the fact that I was an idiot and left my bag in the back of an Uber (laughs) um so yeah but it was just like really good scenes to be involved in yeah and kind of waiting for the the first bounce and all that kind of thing but 
I think we got a couple of couple of beers on board and sat down and took. I, I also had a, a moment, my sense of vertigo, um, at being up in the stands. I'm not great with the heights, and, and we were sitting on level four, and I just made sure I held on, so that contributed to my feelings of just some general unsettlement. Um, but felt really good, and then it was yeah a really really strong first quarter, and I think that's probably where most of the action of the game was held and the biggest contest. Right, let's rip in, because the first quarter was a big one and um, it really did feel like it was the Tigers just kind of settling into the occasion and that's why it was so competitive, because once they decided and really rallied around how they liked to and wanted to play, they were off. Yeah, but that first quarter was so tight. So it, it took 20 minutes to get the first goal from Jer- Jeremy Cameron of uh, the Giants. But it was a real struggle. Like mm. I, it, Every ball was contested. There were people missing shots that perhaps they should have. So to get the first goal 20 minutes in, uh, my nerves would have been pretty high if I was yeah. a Tigers supporter or GWS fan. Uh, and then we went into the first break and there, w- there was barely anything in it. How, how, were you, how did you look at that first quarter, Tate? I was really happy with the way that the ties came out and I think as you say it was quite it was a really contested ball mm. and lots of pressure from both sides both Tigers and GWS are very good at that sort of high pressure game and played it very well in the first quarter and it was I, I also felt didn't want to say it at the time but did feel that sort of somewhat confident with how they were playing and yeah. felt like they they had a lot of the play and were able to sort of hold their ball, hold the ball in their inside fifty. And yes, heaps. Felt like even though it wasn't appearing on the scoreboard, they looked in control, mm. or they definitely looked like they, mm. you know, turned up well and looking quite measured for yes. the, for the game. What was interesting as well is that the umpires got up and about early, so there are a few uh, calls that probably shouldn't have been made uh, that the crowd was not very happy with, and. I mean, in the end, it, it was a blowout match, so the umpires didn't have an impact. But that first quarter, I was sort of thinking, "Oh, here we go! Is you know, yeah. this is the grand final. This is when you, you, you know, you put your whistle away, stop trying to impose yourself onto the game." Mm. Um, but ultimately, it, it didn't come to anything. But uh, I must admit that the crowd was up and about. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things we've talked about too in the lead up was. Um, GWS had proven through the final series to have such high tackling pressure and just really kind of bully the other teams around. But you just really wonder if the way that they'd had to kind of wrestle through the last couple of weeks, um, they just didn't seem to have the intensity of pressure anywhere near like the last couple of weeks this weekend. Mm. Yeah, that Collingwood game with the last 10 minutes as well, even that last quarter yeah. looked so exhausting. Exactly. It was just a battle. Mm. So I imagine they had some yeah very sore bodies. And I think there were a couple of goals that they didn't capitalise on that could have you know kept them in it and the Tigers just sort of managed to run away with it from there. So mm. it, I think it's also the moment as well. I think we saw with the Brisbane Lions, they sort of struggled in the moment of those big yeah. matches and I think maybe GWS did as well. Mm. And the Tigers were the ones that were able to settle the best. Uh, but the first quarter we did, I think when we talk about the Norm Smith as well, Dusty won it unanimously. I think he had a ripping match, but I think there were some key players in that first quarter mm. and that's where the game was really won or 
you know, the most contested key players that, that stood up really well for that. And that was Basha Hooley. 100%. Yeah. For me, and also Dion Prestia, I thought they were both really good in that quarter as well. Yeah, they um, they definitely seem to kind of, you know, every player will say in the lead up to these kind of games, like, oh, it's just any other game, you know, blah, blah. You know that they don't really think that, but they, both of those players mm. really just seemed like they were kind of present and just like, this is another game of football, because straight away they were at their normal standard, where mm. you saw some others kind of, just fumble it a little bit more than they would have normally kind of like Ivan Soldo was a mm. little bit um, sketchy early and really kind of took some time to settle in. But yeah, Basha Hooley and, and Dion Prestia mm. were phenomenal from first bounce. Mm. Basha was just fantastic. Some of those marks that he took were not only critical moments, but also, you know, heavily contested. And, and then he's such a good deliverer of the ball. Yeah, so he was he, in everything. He's early. just, he was everywhere. And I mean, early we were like, oh, okay, Norm Smith potential here. Mm. He, he did sort of get a bit quieter as ty- the Tigers took control, but he had a big impact on how that first quarter turned out. First quarter, Siren, how are you feeling? Fancy I'm in a spin. Tigers, I feel like they've got, they're playing well, they've got momentum. Both sides are looking good, but hopefully, I reckon the Tigers are looking, are looking solid, but it's, it's, we've got four quarters. Alright guys, we've got to talk about it because it is bloody brilliant. One of the, we talked earlier about the stories that make grand final weeks, and Marlon Pickett is absolutely one of those. Tate's Give us the spiel because what a great time. Yeah, this is what I'm really loving about Richmond Footy Club as well, that they're taking a, a – they can obviously be in this position, but they're making some brave calls and they, they named a debutante in the grand final, which hasn't happened since 1952. A little bit different in the fact that he's a senior player, so he's 27, but amazing story. He served some time in jail. He's got four kids. He's, mm. you know, been able to turn his life around and is just a pure sort of born natural talent that deserves to be on the big stage. Yeah, for sure. I think the coolest thing um, that we've seen today, obviously being the day after having watched the replay, that you don't necessarily get as close a visual from the stands is just how influential he was in a lot of the smaller moments. And um, that's just a brilliant story. And to have such a big contribution on a day like that was phenomenal oh, for him. I know. And I can't wait to just see what he does next season with a preseason pre-season under his belt. I'm with Misha and Nick, fellow Richmond supporters. Marlon Pickett, the debutante for Richmond, kicked his first goal. Misha, I think I spotted a tear. Tell me. You would have spotted several tears. I just felt like it was one of those all-time amazing moments that will go down in football history. Like his first game, his first goal, it's the grand final. The most unselfish play by Dusty ever. If he wasn't going to get the Norm Smith, he absolutely will now. He's ticked every box today. And Nick, what do you reckon of the debutante performance today? Unbelievable. I cried like a baby. Other good stories as well for the day um, was uh, Dustin Martin. We can't not touch on him. He won his second Norm Smith, two two premierships and two Norm Smith medals. So he's only one of four players to do that. And a Brownlow on top. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he is amongst very good company with Luke Hodge 
Andrew McLeod and also Gary Ayres that have both won two Norm Smith medals. So pretty amazing efforts by him and a clear winner. I think you sort of almost think he's got the, you know, the dusty vote mm. and that's a velour. But I think looking back on the game. Oh, having, there's no one else. Yeah. Well, I think we called it, it would have been three-quarter time. We said that there was no one else it could have been. He just played such a dominant game. Um, and the selflessness as well. So he was obviously the one that gave the ball to Marlon Pickett for his goal. It, that's just what you want to see from a leader of your club, getting everyone involved. And, you know, his prime uh, objective was obviously to win the game. And the fact that you get recognised as Norm Smith is great, but he's just a phenomenal player. Mm. Fun fact, when Marlon Pickett was recruited to Richmond, he came over from WA and Dusty was the one that opened his door to him and they uh, bunked in together. Cute. Imagine a few like quiet conversations over the dinner table between those two. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> quite the steely moment. Yeah. Um, okay guys, I think my absolute favourite thing about a grand final day is often the scenes afterwards and just all the different, like following the, the players and um, everything you can see that it really means to a club and broadly to their family, but it doesn't go unnoticed some of the um, the heartache that makes these days for the victories even sweeter, but we have to talk about Brett Delidio mm. and uh, the real feels that the potty uh, experienced for him in his story. So listeners, Brett Delidio is a long time player of Richmond and in the latter part of his career decided to leave the club to go to the Greater Western Sydney Giants um, in the hunt for a premiership in his remaining years. Yeah, so he left at the end of 2016, which was when Richmond were in sort of fairly dire uh, position. Everyone thought that maybe Damien Hardwick should should go and all that kind of thing. And yep. then incredibly, they turned the season around and, and won the premiership the next season. Um, they beat GWS in the prelim. Uh, and then, you know, for Brett Delidio to potentially have the opportunity to play in the grand final only to be injured in his last season with a calf injury so Ugh. um yeah it's two times of sort of you know massive devastation there for him but yeah he obviously handled it really well and i think he's yeah very much a testament to him and his character but some emotional scenes and some you know some great photos that have come out of the day So, guys, for me, it was still very much an enjoyable game. I think you guys were getting a bit, um, a bit bored, potentially, even by the, by the end of it, because it was one of the biggest uh, grand final winning margins of all time. It was the biggest winning margin for Richmond in a grand final and not far behind the biggest ever, which was 119 points. So Tigers won by 89, so a huge win. And uh, I was loving it. I was loving oh, it. It was raining God. goals at the G. <laughs> and the celebrations were just out of control. There was also a lot of just people breaking out in the fourth quarter, singing the song, and just, yeah. Mate, I don't know how many times I sang Yellow and Black yesterday, but I didn't hate a single minute of it. <laughs> there were just spot fires, like because different sections of the crowd would be singing the song at different times. So you would just hear... Yellow and black, and then another <laughs> yellow and black. It was great. Loved it. I loved it. Oh, I loved every minute of being on the bandwagon yesterday. I think I just love competitive sports. This is so good. I love the tags, and I love sports, and this is what it's all about. Away from Tiger, yellow and black. So there we were. Tate sits the um, 
we've done, we've sung the song about 60 <laughs> times in the... Literally, like 60. <laughs> yeah, we're still at the MCG. It's about quarter past six. The sun is fading and we're like, all right, mate, the glitter cannon has well and truly gone. The players are now going into the rooms. Do you reckon we can embrace one straight now? And you were ready to go. What did we see, Burns? What were the scenes? Oh, well, because we were there at 6.30, we, uh, I think we still hit, still hit Swan Street at the jovial stage. So there was no uh, flaming scarves yet or uh, flares or riot police. But we walked out of uh, the MCG with the tide of people all walking towards Swan Street. It's, I mean, Melbourne does this so well. All the streets were blocked off. You know, we had people escorting thousands across Punt Road at a time. We rolled on into Swan Street. So there were just apartments all down the side streets blaring Richmond's theme song. You know, people are yelling it out. Everyone just absolutely descended on the suburb of Richmond and in particular Swan Street. And we were in the thick of it. How good though. It's so good. And this is what I keep talking about, about how good sport is. Because everyone suddenly becomes best mates. And oh. everyone is just singing together and having the best time. We've got... <laughs> 100,000 people together, all being fairly, at this stage, jovial. Yeah, and like, what are the scenes that you just roll up on like a new, it was almost like every kind of block or couple of shops in front of Swan Street, You're like, oh, what do we got here? We've got a full pack of someone and someone's on someone's shoulders and we're all trying to get on the awning and then the next block is like, oh, that BWS could not have a single person in it. Further, they're just chockers, oh, and we've got cases out the front. <laughs> there we got cases of beer in the street. And I was like, "You want a VB?" Like, no, thanks, <laughs> mate. I'd rather not. <laughs> there was a security guard at the BWS letting people in. It was like, okay, one at a time. Like, okay, one in, one out. Out you go. It was great. Yeah, have you paid? <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of like bunches of blokes, and I'm going to say generally blokes, but yeah. bunches of them just like five of them standing around a slab just <laughs> yeah and they're like we are premiers we are premiers <laughs> okay boys okay oh, no. we've got one of the best songs in the league but we sing we, we are, are premiers <laughs> but good scenes as well in that there were families that clearly hadn't been at the game but were down on their you know we saw some little kids on scooters and yeah, bikes the scooter with their squad. family That's sure. like yeah. it's just great that yes Maybe don't go out at midnight, but it was, you know, seven o'clock at night and it's great that it was, you know, it's an environment where everyone can celebrate together. Absolutely. I would say that when we returned to the scene at about 1am, re-lambs, it looked a little bit different. (laughs) (laughs) What was also very enjoyable was turning the corner onto Church Street and seeing the line coming out of the tattoo shop. Yes. Alright guys, we're in the tattoo shop in Richmond. What's your name? Charlotte. Charlotte, what are you getting? I'm just getting Richmond written on my ankle. Yeah, just in, just... Just a Richmond, yeah. Yeah. That's it, just the word Richmond. Any nice font or anything? Uh, American traditional. Yeah, great. What are you guys getting? I'm getting send it bitch in French on my bum. And what's inspired send it bitch? Um, just send it, like Richmond always does. Like, just send it. Love it. Yeah. I can't get one. <laughs> what are you getting, sir? No, I'm not getting one. No. You never had a tattoo. She's trying to convince me. I haven't got yeah, one. Yeah, he's yet. never had one. Just a couple of yellow black hearts, you know. I'm gonna get a tiger eventually, but not tonight. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Holy, I would love to be able to check in on those girls today. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Just to pop your head in and say, what's going on in here, guys? What are we all getting? Oh. Do you think anyone's regretting it today? Oh, I would hope that send it bitch is real proud of herself. Because <laughs> that's in French. In French. Mate, that's classy in French. <laughs> 
She said it so aggressively as well. Well, she always had big feels, big feels of the day. Um, Speaking of lines, so Burns, what was also great about the next phase of our night is that we did not have to wait in one to get into a pub. No, Uh, we didn't. The day that it commenced with the Brisbane Lions kind of completed with them as well because we got to roll up to a door and be like, oh, just three under this name and straight in. It was great. You know that feeling when you're standing in a line and these people walk past you and walk straight up through the bounces and you sit there going... How did they do that? Like, what, what are they, like, this is just so not cool. We're standing in line for 20 minutes. Well, we were those people. We rolled straight up. Hey, hey, are you Sam or Jacob? Great. Okay. Well, this is who we are. And yeah. in we rolled. We're from Do You Footy. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like, so we also had like number of mates uh, that were sprinkled around the pub. But I did like our ability just to have a, <laughs> just a cheeky G&D, just the body and kind of collect ourselves. That was mm. a bit cute, guys. It was. It was one of the best days. And I think everything just, it couldn't have gone better, really. If I could design one of my best days, that would have been it. Man, I believe that. And I hope when it's uh, Port's turn, I can really just completely have a copy-paste of that setup because what a good time. Yeah, I'll repay the favour and wear a scarf. Definitely a badge. Probably Connor Rosie. Oh, all right. I've got, I've got you down for one Connor Rosie. <laughs> yes. Any feels on your Port badge before we dip into season 2020? Well, I would have said Paddy Ryder, but... Oi. <laughs> See you, He's boss. not going to be your Port any longer. No. Um, but what a great day. We're super excited. AFL is great. We footy. 100,000 people footy. What I also really loved, I just remembered, guys, was pre-game, the AFL or Channel 7, I don't know who the driver was, but tried to break a Guinness World Record of uh, the, the most decibels from oh. people. So they had, you know, someone jumping up and down on screen saying, okay, in three, two, one, cheer. And everyone was sort of like, you. What? And of course, we didn't break the, the world record. What they should have done was the end of the uh, Australian national out, then when everyone gets up and is like, yeah, like the game is oh, about to or start. Even better or when like, like Razor Ray pulled his bullshit out at, like early in the first quarter and everyone's like, ball. You're like, yeah, well, that would have done it for sure. Absolutely <laughs> would have done it. They did not think that through. If you haven't listened to our bonus episode with Michelle Andrews from Shameless, go and have a listen. It's a great chat, but one of the things she talks about is Richmond's three H's, the hero, hardship and highlight, which was one of the uniting things that they, and what sort of really um, galvanised them as a club before the premiership in 17. Uh, It would be rude of us not (laughs) to do our own hero, hardship and highlight. Uh, Bernsey, do you want to kick us off? So my three H's of Grand Final Day 2019, my hero, I'm going to be cliched and have to say Dusty, he was just great. I love him. I've always loved him. He's got tats all over him. He's got the most amazing haircut, but he's just such a brilliant player. He was my hero. My hardship was, uh, my hardship probably was Brett Delidio. That's a really sad <laughs> story the fact that he couldn't be out there playing um but what a great career he's had and my highlight was sitting down for the first bounce in the g it was amazing so thank you so much for the opportunity to go to the afl grand final 2019 because it was great um my hero guys was sean griggs so it probably goes back prior to 
grand final day. But for Marlon Pickett to even be able to play, it meant that Sean Grigg of the Tigers had to retire mid-season so they could pick him up in the mid-season draft. I think the scenes of the two of them and what that really meant for the club yesterday afternoon, it was just bloody heaven. And I think Sean Grigg will go down as a club and through and through for the Tigers. Um, not only for that effort, but what he's always done for them. So on your Shawnee. The hardship, I reckon, was witnessing uh, Burnsy's chicken-to-cheese ratio and no compounded about one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much cheese. Oh, so much cheese. I mean, who orders cheese in their kebab? I'll never know, but you really paid for it, that's for sure. Uh, and then I think the highlight was definitely, like, if you could have told me at the start of the year or at the start of the season or even when we started doing the potty that we would be sitting together at the G on grand final day, I would have told you that you're crackers so for that to be coming true for all of us was my absolute highlight yeah nice rads i'm gonna i'm gonna follow suit and i'd say uh you're my hero of the day (laughs) because i reckon um yeah going to a grand final is one of those seeing richmond win in 17 was great but going there and being there as part of a hundred thousand people as i've spoken to you guys about before i just love it being having so many people together all there for the one thing and all enjoying the moment is amazing. I feel like it's one of those things you look back and say, that's where I was in 2019 grand final. Tell the kids about it, that kind of thing. <laughs> I love it. And I think getting a ticket is not the easiest thing. And not only that, but having an amazing experience. So thank you for that. And thank you for you both for being there and enjoying it with me. I think my hardship was Jack Graham, that mm. uh, he dislocated his shoulder four times in the game last week and oh. still managed to play and have an amazing uh, impact on the game and help them get to to the final. So disappointing that he couldn't be there as a as a player, but definitely a great team effort from them yeah. all. And it's you know they all celebrate their wins together. Uh, so yeah, a shame that he couldn't be on the ground, but good good on him for for mm. being part of it. And then my highlight was the Marlon Picker goal. Like yeah. I think that's just like such a good story. And just hearing the the crowd erupt when he oh. kicked that goal. And also just the players' response to him as well. They all got around him. And it was just, yeah, one of those really, really heartwarming moments. Absolutely. Huge day. Amazing. Amazing. I want to do it all over again. I'm already sad (laughs) that footy's over. I'm going to be watching watching the replay a few more times, I think. No. I've already given it a crack this morning. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, amazing time. And, um, and, yeah, already looking forward to next season, I think. Absolutely. Speaking of, though, um, it's been a big time at Potty HQ and um, we've had a big season. We've learnt a lot. Uh, I think we'll just go on footy trip for a little yeah. minute <laughs> and um, let ourselves like really get over season 2019. Yeah. But um, Have some surgeries, get their, their little <laughs> niggles fixed. Yeah. They've got a bit of filler that needs to come. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So you will, um, we'll be back in your earwaves Hopefully not in the not-too-distant future, but stay on our socials and um, feel free to subscribe, rate us, leave reviews yeah. and tell some friends because, you know, if they haven't experienced the potty today, they've got a full back catalogue. Yeah. And the, the benefit of subscribing is that you will get the next episode delivered straight into your hot little uh, hands with your, in your mobile. In your hands. <laughs> uh, so definitely subscribe because you don't want to miss our first episode back. Yes, whenever that may be. Also, hit us up on the socials as well, at Do Footy on Instagram, uh, to get the full rundown of our grand final experience. We've got some content that we'll put up on the socials as well. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll let you know when our next episode's out via Instagram too. So 
stick around. I think it would be remiss of us not to say as well, our friends and family have just been so <laughs> awesome in getting around the potty. And I do get a lot of feedback, or we often get a lot of feedback from friends saying like, oh, I don't call you as much anymore because I feel like when I listen to the potty, we're just doing chat with you guys. So um, thanks to our mates who have been on since episode one and um, been plugging us to all of their mates. And that's probably how we're meeting you, friend. So Yes, I think as well... Following on from that, Rads, I think we had this conversation at about 1.30 last night. Um, but we do need to throw a big thank you out to management. We absolutely do. Uh, because we wouldn't be here without her her encouragement and sometimes pressure, uh, unwanted <laughs> pressure. <laughs> yeah. um, a forceful email. <laughs> yes, but I think the, the nudge that she gave us to, to start this has been awesome and we're, yeah, we've had so much fun along the way. So thank you, management. Absolutely. of a cry and um, just nurse our wounds. Maybe another beer to celebrate. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) See you friends. Bye. Bye.